podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boys. Come on, boys. Boom, the boys are back. And ha, I whoa. Whoa, I did not even plug in my earbuds. Woof. What a start to 2023. I hope folks can hear me. Um it, it is time for the weekly live show. If you are listening to this on the RSS feed. This officially will be the final episode of The Streak. Jerome Tang and the Kansas State Wildcats taking down number six, the University of Texas Longhorns, scoring over 100 points through a wrench in the plan for when the streak was going to die. But, alas, uh, it it lives on um, for one more day. This will be the last show. There will be no show on Friday, um, but that's okay. It has been an amazing run, and I'm always happy to talk with the Boneheads. We have all sorts of fun stuff to talk about. Tonight, of course, two back-to-back top 25 wins to start Big 12 play for Jerome Tang and the aforementioned K-State Wildcats. We have the end of a banner season for the K-State Wildcat football team. Um, If you look at some of the advanced statistics and some of the stuff, some folks say the third best team of all time. And I think you could argue one of the most accomplished seasons of all time including three wins over top 10 teams and a Big 12 championship and a top 10 ranking. And then, of course, Deuce Vaughn will not be coming back. I will have my own episode dedicated to the legacy of Deuce Vaughn, but we will give all of the Boneheads their chance to talk about that great man, that great legacy. Before we get going, you know them, you love them. It is the delicious, the freshest, and honestly, some of the best selection of craft beer in the entire state, Manhattan Brewing Company. The next time you are in Manhattan, make sure you're checking out Manhattan Brewing Company. They have all sorts of different beers on tap. Make sure you are trying them all, taking some four-packs home, some crowlers home, and be respectful. We're going to be respectful in 2023 uh, but tell your local liquor store that you'd like them to carry Manhattan Brewing Company beer. Let's get started. We're going to start off uh, the first topic of the night. I think we have six, five or six locked and loaded. We got five locked and loaded for tonight. Depending on how quickly things go, how many people join, we might have a uh, fun ending question, but we're going to get into it. I want everyone's reactions to the West Virginia and Texas win. Of course, the Texas game, very front of mind, just happened last night. But also an overtime win over West Virginia, which was our first 
quad one win. Although I think uh, I think the LSU game is now considered a quad one. That or Nevada, one of those two, now considered a quad one win. We have three of them. But yeah, just two big wins to start us off. We're going to start off out on the West Coast. Uh, Cali Mike, Cali Mike, uh, just walk me through it. What What are your thoughts on these two wins to start Big Twelve? I mean, you know, it's pretty it's pretty huge, right? Like, um, I mean, I think the non-con, we sort of saw that this team had some flash and was giving us tremendous excitement throughout the games. Um, but, you know, we didn't necessarily have the tests that we wanted to see. Uh, we know how strong the Big 12 is. Um, we're just kind of dominating and carrying that whole team mentality. Like they're, you know, we say it all the time and it's cliche, but they're acting like a family. Um, and they're just having so much fun on the court. Like it's no wonder that we're looking so good. And I'm, I'm just super pumped for this whole season. Yeah. What game do you think showed you more them finding a way to grit through foul trouble and coming from behind versus West Virginia, or just getting out scoring a literal boatload of points on the road versus the number six team in the nation. I mean, uh, th- that's kind of a tough call, but I'm, I'm going to call uh, the Texas game showing me more just because I don't think we saw that next gear from this team yet and the accuracy and shooting. Like the West Virginia game, you know, you kind of hoped they had put that one away in regular regulation. Um, I mean, it's great that they gritted it out, but then just showing that they can go to this new arena and destroy this supposedly vaunted team in Texas. Um, I, I feel like it just gave me all the optimism. For sure. Let's go to Coley Dubs down there in Austin, Texas. Cole, were you able to get into the arena last night? Uh, I was not. I uh, Tickets were more than I really cared to spend. Uh, it's a lame excuse, I know, but I know. I, and then I just kind of figured – well, I, I like to look at it this way, that if I went, then they probably would have lost. But uh, it was really fun to watch. Um, I just couldn't believe it. You know, it's, I mean, that's a game we'll probably never see again. As far, I mean, I don't remember the last college game where both teams were in the hundreds. I was in regulation. Yeah. It, well, that's something I don't remember in my life. <laughs> it doesn't happen often. And, again, it's been over a decade since uh, K-State scored 100 in a game. Um, and starting off 2-0, and again, um, it, it looked to be a nasty schedule to start. Getting that win versus West Virginia was massive. Following that up with a win at Texas, what does it tell you about this team um, getting those two wins, getting off 2-0 and in the best conference maybe in the history of college of Uh I mean, they're resilient. I mean, they – especially I mean, that West Virginia game, I – watched it I mean I watched it um but I mean I just remember them being down by it's like 17 to 3 early on and then they came back came back and it did go to overtime but then again you know that takes some resiliency to you know come back and win in overtime and the same thing during the Texas game you know we were up by 20 to 12 most of the game and then well I guess 20 uh 20 whatever but you know every time that Texas went on a run every single time last night. K-State 
came big and answered with their own run and made a big bucket to kind of quiet the crowd. Um, they just didn't let anything get to them uh, mentally as far as that part of the game goes, and they just kept doing what they needed to do to get the dub no matter what it took. Let's go next. Uh, we'll go back to that Coles. We'll go to Tech or uh, Colorado Cole. Um, Cole, are you shocked that K State basketball was able to get to a hundred points uh, when K State football wasn't able to get to fifty this year? Um, you know, I wouldn't say I'm shocked entirely. I mean, I kind of uh, went into the year with pretty loose expectations about the basketball team, but I felt like our football team was probably going to be putting up 35, you know, in that range, a lot of games. Um, but I wasn't you thought three fifty point games, right? Isn't that, wasn't that the prediction? So that was my original prediction. Um, that was probably just me kind of trying. I just to like teasing you. Yeah. I just like teasing you, my man. What did you think about the first two games, two top 25 wins uh, to start conference play? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's been said before, uh, two opposite of games, but it's just great to see that, um, you know, our guys belong. You know, like the Big 12 is not too big and bad for us. We played two two tough games, you know, even though we put up 116 points, um, Texas still kind of hung around the whole game. Um, they still were putting up points themselves. So just to show that we can hang with the best of them and we are going to be a team that can battle it out no matter the style of play or no matter, uh, <clears throat> you know, what type of team we're going against, we'll be able to match that's a great point. The two games, totally different. You have a rock fight versus West Virginia, and then you have a track meet versus uh, Texas. Uh, that's a great call-out. Let's go to Aaron next. Aaron, what are your takeaways of these first two games in conference play, starting off 2-0? and And again, Jerome Tank starting his K-State career. I would venture to say the only K-State coach to go 2-0 and versus uh, top 25 teams to start his uh, career at K-State. I don't know. Maybe Frank did it. I'm not sure. Uh, but what are your thoughts on uh, those two games? Yeah, really impressive by the uh, the coaching staff and the players, uh, really to win the games like we've talked about in different ways. The other thing that stands out to me is his ability to adjust on the fly. We had a little one three one zone at Texas. You know, he does some interesting things with substitutions he really seems to have a good feel for the roster and the players. And again, guys like David Gasson are playing. Tomlin's in foul trouble. I, I mean, there's been so many things that have been thrown at us. We just adapt and we come out on the right side more often than not. I think that's going to be a pattern throughout the season with uh, Jerome Tang and his coaching staff. They are very adaptable, very flexible. The other thing is, you know, again, like we talked about throughout the season, the level of athlete on this team compared to just last year it's really telling, you know, when you see a guy like Ish Masood up against Tomlin and, and the rest of the guys that he's brought in, it's very telling that he's already elevated, no pun intended there, but the level of athlete on the team is. is- I hear you. Let's go to one of the members of the K-State Sexy Ball Club, Mike Smith. Mike, my guy, how are you doing? And then what are your thoughts about that West Virginia win and then uh, more recently, just last night, that big-time dub over Texas. 
Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. Um, the team, you know, is operating at a very high rate, which will obviously come down at some point. Um, but I just think, you know, the points that we're getting outside of Marquise and uh, Keontae, you know, getting getting points from Cam has been huge, getting points from Bebe. Um, I think, you know, my biggest concern going into Big 12 was the lack of depth, and they're, they're showing me wrong already. But I think, you know, outside the first quarter of, of West Virginia, you know, they've just been completely lights out. Um, you know, I was a little worried at the beginning with West Virginia just because we were just getting completely out-rebounded, but they already cleaned that up. Um, I think earlier I was – little concerned about uh, turnovers and they've cleaned that up. So, um, you know, obviously they're just, like I said, they're just executing at a high rate and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see. Let's go to another member of the K-State Sexy Bald Club. You may know him as Casey underscore fan. I know him as one of the best humans I've ever met, Jimmy Goheen. Jimmy, my friend, what's your biggest takeaway from these two massive wins to start Big 12? I think someone else said it well. The the fact that we won two very different games is nice to see. Um, West Virginia really picked up the defense, had to come back, um, started slow, and then put them put them away in the in overtime. Really had a chance to put them away in, in regulation if we make a few more plays. And then Texas, we just were on fire and then sustained it. You know, I joked early in the game about us being at one point eight efficiency the first four minutes and we ended up at 1.4, which is a pretty ridiculous mark um, against what everybody knows is a pretty good defense in, in Texas. And so just to be able to win two different ways and to, to find that offense was pretty encouraging. Yes, for sure. Let's next go to the ambassador, Ethan. Ethan, your fellow K-State students, uh, absolutely showing out. Uh, in these two games to start the drum tank year when it comes to Big 12 play. What's been your biggest takeaway and how pumped are you to see, uh, you know, what the next two games happen? Thanks, Scott. Before I give my takeaways, I just got to give a big shout out to Greg. What a guy. Um, if you know, you know. Not going to encourage anything that you don't know already. But Greg's the GOAT. Um, first of all, I just I thought it was that um, – I thought it, was, it reminded me of that Paul Rudd meme, like even two weeks ago. It'd be like, who thought we would be here now? But we're here, and it really – both games showed two very different sides of the Cats. And uh, I think coming out, not getting ranked after the first one, made everybody mad. Yeah, no, shout-out to Big House Greg. Uh, he is uh, – he's been the hero of the Cayman Classics and Longhorn Network. We'll go to Ema Elvis, then Will. Ema Elvis, uh, starting off, uh, you know, ending the year on a high note and starting the year on an even higher note for the men's basketball team. Uh, what are your takeaways from watching those games? And, uh, you know, did, did you did you have these both penciled in as one? I, knew, I know I said, hey, I'll take two and – or I'll take one and one. Uh, I, two and oh is, you know, I'm just over the moon right now. You know, I'm an eternal optimist, so I always think we got a shot. But it wouldn't have surprised me a bit if we didn't beat a ranked team until midseason or late in, late in the season, just because these guys have only been playing together for, what, four months? Um, so I, I didn't expect it to come together as quickly as it did. 
didn't know based on the non-con how good is this team. So I, I thought, okay, West Virginia is going to be a good measuring stick, and Huggins always has a team that'll get in there and grind and fight. Uh, you get down early in that game, and then here come the never quit cats, like they've done many times before. I've seen that movie. Uh, they fight back, they get it to OT, and then they kind of run away and, and win pretty comfortably um, in that o- overtime. So that's one down. Can we beat Texas in the new Moody Center? And uh, this is a good team. Um, I, I think it was a <laughs> it was something I've never seen before, a team that just ran and ran and ran like the Cats did and just kept making baskets and didn't play a lot of defense on the other end. But I think that was the advantage that we needed uh, because Texas plays a good half-court game and K-State wasn't about to let them have their kind of game. So uh, it was, you know, somebody said, when was the last time K-State had scored 58 and a half? Well, the first time was, I mean, the last time was the second half and the first time was the first half. So just a crazy game and we probably won't see anything like it again, but I would bet that the cats will score a hundred again against a big 12 team this year. Maybe a hot take, but it's going to happen. All right. I'm, I'm writing that down. Email Elvis. Uh, If they don't, you owe us another uh, intro jingle. So uh, I'll put you to work. If we don't get it, we'll go will. And then we will end with Jeff. Will the thrill takeaways? What's your biggest takeaway starting the season two and on the Big Twelve play again against two different uh, top twenty-five teams? You have maybe the most talented team in the entire Big Twelve in Texas. Then you have a Hall of Fame coach in Bob Huggins. Uh, tale of two games, right? <clears throat> I mean, uh, it's some some could probably look at the games separate and kind of be worried, but to me, I'm looking at both of them combined and and seeing how how we excelled in two different scenarios, um, which I think just absolutely is amazing. And I'll add to the diversity and um, help in growth as well. Um, never in a million years did I think that we would have had a first year come in or first year coach come in and take out a number six team. The, and especially in the fashion that he did, but um, even more so being able to, in the West Virginia game, you know, being able to claw back, having the resiliency um, just shows that you put these guys in any atmosphere, in any type of game, and they can um, come. Yes, for sure. All right, we'll end this one up with our guy, Jeff. Jeff, 2-0 and versus top 25 teams to start the season. Uh, takeaways, thoughts, were you expecting this hot start? And, uh, you know, I, I know you've always been a realist. Uh, how exciting have, uh, you know, these two games been? Hey, Scott. Yeah, they've been very exciting. I did not expect this. Maybe one and one. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, pleasantly surprised with both. And uh, like the previous uh, speaker said, you know, you get one the first game where we can't hit a three to save our lives. And then last night, we, you know, can – we hit over 50%, it seemed like, from three. And so it's always uh, good to be able to win in different ways and styles. And I think we've done that. So very excited. Um, 
you know, um, just kind of playing with house money here for this Baylor game coming up. You know, if you lose that, no big deal there. I mean, I didn't think anyone would expect us to win at the beginning of the season. So we should go in confident and loose and, and just. Yes, I, I'm right there with you. We will uh, allow all the boneheads to get their predictions for this next two-game stretch at Baylor and then hosting Oklahoma State. But first, I want to talk about the dynamic duo of Keontae Johnson and Marquise Noel. I believe, especially seeing some of the guys who were featured on this midseason list for the Nate Smith Top 25 uh, players in college basketball, Neither one of them mentioned, and uh, I, I personally took offense to that. Uh, and A, it feels good to be emotionally invested in a random 30-minute uh, thing on ESPN2, uh, 14 games in the season, really backing these guys. But I believe both of these players are on a mission and are poised to be first-team All-Big 12 performers. So I, I just want to get everyone's take on the dynamic duo it is Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson. So I'm just going to call uh, on each of you. You can go open-ended. You can go any direction you want. You can talk about one. You can talk about both. Uh, you just uh, take this time to talk about two great K-State basketball players. We'll, we're going to start this one with Aaron. Aaron, uh, dynamic duo, what do you Yeah, I really think they uh, complement each other well. Uh, the biggest thing I've noticed about Keontae Johnson the pace with which he plays, it's different. You know, he's, he almost looks like he's going in slow motion at times and then he comes up and he, and he dunks, right. Or he has a, a reverse layup that, you know, Oh my gosh, how did he get that off? So the pace that he plays at, you know, is a lot different from Marquise. I think Marquise, you know, still has a little bit of that heat check, you know, take the deep three. There was a moment in that game where he kind of, you know, acknowledged to the bench, you know, Hey, that's on me. I probably shouldn't have taken that shot. That's a sign of growth, in my opinion. The coaching staff trusts him, but I really think that Keontae Johnson is such a good presence, very steady, doesn't get in a hurry. Uh, they really complement each other very well. Let's next go to the ambassador, the rodeo cat, Ethan. Ethan, dynamic duo, what what uh, thoughts do you have on these two players, your two classmates? Yeah, Johnson and Noel are K-State's keys to victory every game they come out and play, uh, pun intended. But, you know, ever since we got uh, Keontae to come in on the visit and lock him down, we knew that the ceiling of the program this first year was definitely going to be elevated. And uh, that's just what happened. And um, Marquise Noel, absolute pit bull, right, leading the charge. And I couldn't imagine a better guy leading leading the guys out uh, for tanks. Yeah, I, I hear you right there. What he's been able to do uh, to start Big 12 play um, has not been seen uh, at the Big 12 level. Just an extreme start to the season. Let's go Cali Mike next. Cali Mike, thoughts on uh, what might be the best dynamic duo since Beasley and Walker? Question mark? Hmm. That's, a, that's a good call right there, actually. Uh, I'm not even going to call that a hot take. Um, you know, basically with both guys, uh, I think you have two dudes that can just take over the game and, uh, really lead the charge. I mean, Noel has just upped his game exponentially. Obviously the dude is in basically in the facility practicing every day. Um, 
And just like the announcer said last night uh, with Keontae, he's a man amongst boys. Uh, I think, you know, we're just super fortunate to have these two on our team. Um, Super amazing outlook for us. Yeah, I I think it was mentioned that uh, Marquise Noel uh, stayed back, did not head back to the Big Apple for Christmas. He wanted to stick around and just continue to practice. The guy truly is a gym rat, probably at a level we haven't seen since maybe Rodney Magruder. The legends of how much Rodney Magruder practiced uh, truly were amazing. Let's go to Mike Smith next. Mike, uh, thoughts about uh, this dynamic duo? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm still shocked that we, you know, got Keontae. It's just, I mean, it really is kind of like a a blessing, and it, I think it's a, um, a perfect match for him and Tang. But uh, I really think he's just been as good as advertised and, and, and then some. And, I mean, I think it's insane that he's operating at this rate and he hasn't played basketball in, what, like almost two years, you know, coming off of his condition. Um, just to see him, uh, you know, take take his shots I mean it doesn't seem like he takes a bad shot because I mean he can be lethal from beyond the arc as well as like going to the rim um he just seems to be dangerous everywhere um and you know for Marquise you know it's it's just been amazing to see Tang like elevate his his game offensively I mean he's just he's a burglar on on defense and um you know he he's kind of like he's kind of like the basketball's team's deuce you know he's the captain of the team and and kind of commands the floor when he's there and uh you know happens to be a little bit smaller but uh yeah I mean it's it's been awesome to see uh Marquise grow especially offensively go next to Will the Thrill Will the Thrill dynamic duo what do you got um uh just absolutely astonishing I part of me wants to kind of wonder you know um accident miracle aside with Keontae I kind of wonder you know had these two been together longer and of course we're going to see this going you know going forward but just imagine what this team would look like had we had Keontae this last year you know for those two to mesh um we're seeing just when I thought we had seen it all we're you know we're seeing reverse dunks from Keontae and both just playing so unselfish um it's not like they don't have the shots but um, they're, you know, getting the ball moved around and dispersing it, which helps 10 ways to one, you know. So it's just absolutely amazing and a breath of fresh air to see both of these come in and, and um, live up to the hype, essentially. Yeah, Marquise talking about unselfish. Yes, he had a 30-point game, but he was only one assist away from uh, just another points and assist double-double almost became the first K-State Wildcat ever with 30 points and 10 assists. Uh, Tom uh, Tom pointed that out in the post game, uh, So I, I actually think Marquise uh, kind of has it in his head that he's going to try to do that, become the first guy at some point this season. Uh, let's go next to Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, you, you tweeted out the graphic showing where that scoring performance uh, ranks all time, uh, you know, at K-State, just that all-time type performance. Uh, what do you think about these two guys, and do they have what it takes to be uh, first team All Big Twelve guy? I do. I do think they have what it takes to become first team All Big Twelve, just because of not only how well they score, uh, but how efficient they are and how they do other things well. Um, Keontae is one of the best rebounders in the league, uh, and can you know can score at all three levels. Uh, Marquise is one of the 
top the top assist man in the league, one of the top steal guys in the league, um, can hit threes, uh, can score at the rim once in a while. So to have an inside-out combo like that is pretty special. Um, I, I just went and looked at some of the numbers I had. I've got him as the fourth best duo in the three-point era. Uh, Michael Beasley and Bill Walker averaged 42 a game. Norris Coleman and Mitch Richmond averaged 39 a game. And Pullen and Clemente averaged about 36 a game. And these guys are averaging just over 34. So that's pretty good company. Shoot. Oh, man. Yeah, that is that is great company. Uh, we'll go Jeff, and then we'll get the commissioner to tap in. Jeff, uh, you just heard it. Rarefied air for these two guys. Uh, what are your thoughts on them as a duo? So, Well, I think it's uh, more than I could have even imagined or – you know, dreamt. I didn't think they would be this good this quick. And not only that, I think they, I also think they're making all the other players better too. Um, they're just, uh, I don't know, this is just um, incredible. And we should, like you've been tweeting now, we should be getting our butts to Bramlage and watch this because this is something special. You don't see this very often. Um, so we need to appreciate it and not take it for granted. <laughs> Yeah, I will do a little bit of a plug. Uh, I don't know how long they were going to be running the specials. So um, if you're listening live and you want to get out to Bramlage or if you're listening on the RSS feed, you probably got to do it quick. They were running specials, $10 GA tickets, uh, $50 four packs for bench seats and $60 four packs for uh, cushion seats inside Bramlage Coliseum for a uh, Tuesday game, 6 p.m. versus Oklahoma State. Again, I'm not going to uh, pile on the fans. I think there are a couple seats actually when that promo went live of folks uh, kind of hammering on the uh, the fans, the alumni. Uh, it's tough to make a Tuesday game at 6 p.m., uh, you know, especially versus Oklahoma State. Uh, we have to do the exact same thing versus KU very next week i'm i'm having to uh make up an excuse to not uh dial into a meeting so i can uh get to manhattan for tip off from shawnee uh so if you're within you know that hour if you're in manhattan topeka wamigo junction city uh do your best to show up for this team because again we're, we're seeing some historic duos and a historically hot start to the drone tank era Let's go to one of the hosts of the Cocaine Willie live show, uh, Mr. Bob Trollsby, the commish. Uh, Bob, thoughts on uh, the duo that is Keontae Johnson and Mark? First off, I just want to say thank you, Scott, for the Christmas card. It's always great hearing from you. Um, Man, isn't this fun? What, What did Tang say when he got hired? He said he was going to elevate the standard of what we have at K-State for men's basketball. And he's absolutely doing that. He's walking the walk. And the team that he's assembled, it's its a joy to watch. It's fun to watch. They play a fun brand of basketball. All of these dudes are athletic. They have a great basketball IQ. They have great hands. Um, specific to Keontae and Marquise, I think Fran Fraschilla said it best when he tweeted out earlier. He, he said he hadn't seen the tape of the game yet, but it's going to be hard to keep both. Keontae and Marquise off of the Big 12 first team, uh, all conference team. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out. But 
I could not be more stoked with what we've seen through what 13 games so far and and two games in the conference. It's just been awesome to watch this team and excited to see what the future holds. Let's go next to Colorado Cole, Colorado Cole uh, thoughts on uh, what this duo has done. And then how uh, is it shocking to you to hear them line up with those, you know, other three historic duos as Jimmy pointed out? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's shocking, but it definitely makes you realize the true historic season that they're having, um, putting up these crazy numbers. Uh, I'm not sure any of us really expected that, but, um, I mean, it is kind of crazy. Like you said, neither of them popped up on the, uh, the Naismith watch or whatever, um, and it's like I said, it's crazy. We've been watching this historic season from these guys, but it seems like uh, we've been on ESPN Plus or Flow Hoops every single game. So I don't think anyone else is watching us play yet. <laughs> so hopefully, when we start playing some more uh, better, you know, channel slots, I think people will pique their interest a little more in these guys and start to realize. You know, we're we're a for real threat in the Big 12, and we're going to win some big games. That's actually a pretty good call-out. Um, Longhorn Network, Flow Hoops, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, I think we've had a couple games on ESPNU, uh, but that's a great call-out. Uh, we'll go Ema Elvis, and then we'll finish off with uh, Texas Cole, or Coley Dub. So, Ema Elvis, thoughts on this uh, dynamic I think it's a couple of all Big 12ers and, and maybe even uh, Marquise getting a defensive player of the year and Keontae getting uh, offensive player of the year. He'll at least get newcomer of the year, in my opinion. So uh, Marquise, his play this year compared to last year is is night and day. Um, and I think it's coaching partly, and I think it's, that he fits in better with what they're doing now than what they were trying to do last year. Um, Opponents must hate him. His motor is amazing. He's a pesky parasite. Uh, He he gets up under people and just takes the ball before they know they've lost it. Uh, And then they never know what he's going to do when he's on offense. Keeps them guessing. Uh, Love his, his uh, ability to score his assists. Just a crazy good player. Heart over height is a real thing with Marquise. Uh, for Keontae, I think he's he's kind of Beasley-like. That smooth, easy style he's got. So athletic. Just the, the God-given talent that he's got uh, takes over. And I remember Beasley saying he, he was frustrated because people were saying that he looked lazy, even though he was scoring 30 points a game or whatever. Uh, but he said, do you know how hard I had to work to look, make it look this easy? Uh, and I think that's exactly the way Keontae plays. It's just everything looks so nice and smooth and easy for him. So good. Um, that's that's going to win a lot of games if he can keep, keep doing that. And I, I think um, those two, along with Tomlin, could be the best three in the Big 12 this year. I don't know who would have three better. 
That's a great call out. And, and, and I got to say this, I almost had this as a topic point and I hope to have it as a topic point for next week's live show. Um, Tomlin has the ability to be an all big 12 type guy. Um, but we've seen throughout non-conference play and then we've seen it in the big 12 play as well. Last night it was Cam Carter um, at stretches and game one, it was Bay Bay. Um, we've seen, and we know what Tomlin can do. Um, and we've, we've seen Desi Sills do it as well. Um, while there's Tomlin is the most talent, maybe the most talented guy on the roster. We've seen a lot of guys step up and prove they can be that number three player on a game in game out basis. Um, and I think that is highly encouraging. Obviously I'd love Tomlin to stay uh, out of foul trouble every single game, but I think it is very encouraging to see the ability of Cam Carter to be that guy of Desi Sills to be that guy, baby just taking over for stretches in that West Virginia game. So um, I, I, I really am starting to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for maybe a couple more games, but folks, this could be a special year. Um, we'll go to Coley Dub next, and then we'll uh, get everyone's hopes, picks, and desires for the next two games. Coley Dub, thoughts on this dynamic? Man, it's just so much fun to watch. Um, obviously, Marquise, like, we need him to score to have this team live up to their full potential on, like, a night-out, night-in, night-out basis, but just watching him, how he distributes the ball, how he gets his assist is just so mesmerizing sometimes. It's just incredible. Like, just a drive to the hoop amongst a crowded under the basket and just kick it out last second for a three or for a dunk for someone else or he's at the top of the key and it looks like nothing's happening on offense and then he just bullets one down low, no looker, or just just crazy what he can do um, to get – you know, the rest of the team involved and, and they're all ready for it. They, they're never, they never seem like super surprised that they're getting a pass out of nowhere. Um, so he's just, he's just been so fun to watch this year. And, and I think he might Elvis said it best about Keontae is just his comfortability, I guess, like, and how he just, he makes it look so easy, you know, like it's just very, he just, in, he's in such control with, what he does down low around the rim. And, you know, so he, obviously he's shooting at a phenomenal rate from deep, but I mean, just basically when, you know, what everyone else said already, but it's just, it's been so much fun and such a, such a joy to watch and have games to really look forward to and have games to, they really care about and that you just want to watch. And it's, it's just, a, just a great um, refresh, I guess, from past season. I love it. All right, we got another big two-game stretch um, going to Baylor. They are tipping off tonight, 8 p.m., as you guys are listening live, uh, versus TCU in Waco, Texas. So we'll see uh, how they do. And then we get the aforementioned Tuesday night game uh, with Oklahoma State. Again, if you're able to. Uh, please find a way to get into Bramlage Coliseum. Jerome Tang called it out in the post game uh, after Texas. He's looking forward to playing in a sold out Bramlage Coliseum versus Oklahoma State. So let's see what we can do to help make that happen. Uh, we'll start off with Callie Mike. 
Callie, Mike, uh, what, what are you hoping to see from these two games? You can get predictions if you want, or you can keep it general. I just want to see um, some consistency. Um, I think that, you know, we're not going to – I mean, I'm not going to say never, but I don't think we're going to get that sort of scoring output like we saw at Texas necessarily. Um, I think it's going to be highly defensive um, against Baylor. Um, so really just consistency in terms of uh, output from our key players. Um you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and predict it. I think I think we're going to go two and zero. That would be massive. Uh, I I'm going to hold off. This is kind of what I was hinting at. I, if we can go three and four over the next four, um, I'm willing to anoint us as being real players for the conference this year. Um, so going two and zero would sure go a long way in making that happen. Uh, Coley Dub, you talked about uh, stumbling over your words. I'm going to give you a chance to redeem yourself here, although I think you're fine, my friend. Uh, what are you hoping to see over the next two games at Baylor and then Oklahoma State at home? Um, at Baylor, I just – I mean, I don't want to sound all moral victory, loser type, but I just want to see a good game, a, a competitive, close game that hopefully we can win. I just – I feel like it seems like we get – in the past, we've just been throttled by Baylor – at Baylor, Baylor in general for so long now. So I just want to see us give them a fight, get a dub would be fantastic. Um, who knows? Maybe Tang has some extra magic, uh, get, get another road dub at his old place. So I would love that. Um, and Oklahoma State, I mean, I hope we just, I hope we just throttle Oklahoma State. I hope we beat Oklahoma State by 15 plus, which I know, you know, Big 12, it's always hard no matter who you play, but. That would be my ideal situations moving forward for the next couple games. We'll come down to Jimmy next. Jimmy, what are you hoping to see out of those two games? I believe I saw Cryer is going to be back for Baylor tonight, coming back from that concussion. Uh, I would doubt he's going to be 100% tonight or uh, by Saturday, but him uh, being back for Baylor sure is going to be a help for them. Uh, What are you hoping to see out of the next two games? I would definitely take a split um, and preferably win at home, of course, against Oklahoma State. Um, I do think Oklahoma State does seem to be the team that's faltering a bit. Um, Although if you look at my uh, dunk tracker, these are the Oklahoma State will be the other, the top dunk team in the, the big 12 and we're the second best dunk team in the big 12. So it should be an exciting and fun game for the fans, but I think it's a team, a game we can win. I do think Baylor will be tough um, coming off an emotional win. Um, I'll be anxious to see how they do staying down in Texas as well for almost a week. So that's going to be an interesting factor, I think, in this game. So there's some uh, some interesting things going on, taking going back home, of course, to Baylor uh, that will factor in. But, uh, again, split would be perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I, I would love to talk to Jerome Tang. Uh, after the season, because I think you'll get more honesty after the season, uh, and, and ask him if he thinks, and, and again, a lot will have to do with how that Baylor game goes, go into the thought of staying down in Texas and almost kind of having a mini, uh, you know, bowl game-like experience. You know, they're out at good restaurants, out, uh, you know, at uh, uh, indoor arcade main event type place. 
uh, down there. I'll, I'll be interested to hear how uh, he reflects on the, that decision. I think it could be a great decision. And then, of course, Baylor, uh, it sounds like their students won't be back yet, and it's not a, it's never been an overly hostile place to play either. So uh, that's true. It's going to be a, a uh, very fun game on Saturday. Let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, uh, two big games. Again, uh, Baylor, top 20 team, Oklahoma State coming back home. Uh, we all, uh, or I'm sure a lot of us saw them go down to the wire and uh, KU needing a little bit of Allen Fieldhouse magic uh, and some referee help to get a win over Oklahoma State. Uh, what do you think is going to happen, and what are you hoping to see? Well, I'm hoping uh, – I'm interested to see how we respond in this Baylor game because, I mean, I don't I don't expect us to shoot like we did last last night, um, maybe the rest of the season. I mean, that was, that, that was just a special night that you just savor and don't expect ever again. But I want to see how we respond because it seemed like once we get, you know, in previous years, we get a little bit of excitement, a little bit of mojo going, then we come out and lay a big turd. So I'm hoping for, you know – a competitive game, you know, maybe it gets away from us there at the end, but you know, we're, we're still, we're in it for most of the time and we don't, you know, we look like we know what we're doing out there. And then we come back against Oklahoma state and we got to get the dub. We got to, got to win our home games. So I'm looking for a solid home performance for sure. Um, not too worried or concerned about Oklahoma state because they gave Kansas a good game because they just seem to do that against KU for some strange reason. They always seem to, to get up for them really well and play well for them. So I'm looking for a split. And of course, anything above that would be great, but just looking to build on our performance from last night and, and gel a little bit more and see, and hopefully Gasson can, can play and, and get back to his form and help us out and just get healthy. And, and Yeah. DNG needs to get back. Um, I've been very pleased with what we've seen from Bebe, but um, we haven't really seen, I mean, it's been over a month since we've seen DNG and Bebe, uh, you know, healthy together. So I I think that'll be another massive uh, thing to be looking forward to. Hopefully uh, for the Baylor game, he can get some minutes. Hopefully for the Oklahoma State starts getting back to uh, normal. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be something I'm watching uh, Twitter and in warmups every single game from here on out. Um, let's go to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, what are you expecting? What are you hoping to see in the next two games? And then uh, are we going to get you in the octagon at any point? Oh, man, I really hope so. I'd have to, like, make it to one of the Saturday games. But crazier things have happened. So, um. But man, these next two games, I really think, uh, I mean, you got to go one and one, no matter how it shakes out. I think if I had to pick between one and one, I think you got to go with winning your home game, right? Because I don't know if you want to give up a home game to the worst team in the conference. Um, But I think I'd be satisfied with one and one. Obviously, two and oh would be awesome, but it seems like little outland outlandish to say I expect that. Um but I guess we'll see with David Gasson, you know. I didn't really that's something I didn't really think about how we haven't uh had our 
have our two big men healthy in over a month. So I think, you know, if he can come back, I'd say we got a pretty good chance against Baylor and obviously against Oklahoma. We'll go next to Aaron and then we'll go to Mike Smith. Aaron, what are you hoping to see? It's two big games. Uh, I, I agree. You're kind of playing, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a bonus. Everything's gravy with Baylor. Uh, but that Oklahoma State game is definitely going to be one uh, that you have to have. So um, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen the next? Yeah, I agree with uh, a lot of what's been said. I think the, uh, you know, they're kind of the road trip or the Texas swing, especially with Jerome Tang, you know, going back to obviously a place that he knows very well, I think it'd be a big advantage. I mean, just from a, an X's and O's standpoint, he's going to know all those players' tendencies and have a really good feel for the roster and, and what they're looking to do. So, again, the emotional part of it's going to be there. But on the court, I think we've got to have an advantage there. You know, Baylor's always got the athletes under Scott Drew and company. So that's always going to be a tough matchup. You know, you touched on it, Scott, but the Oklahoma State game to me, I mean, that that's a borderline must win. I, I know it's early in the season, but that's a home game against a team that, We've got to take care of business there. Regardless of what happens in Waco, we can't come back home and drop that game to Oklahoma State. So, again, I I think we're going to go 2-0, but we have to win that Oklahoma State game, no question about it. All right, let's go up to Mike Smith next. Uh, Mike, you know, I, I'm almost more interested in what your two dogs would predict for this game uh, because as cute as you are, you have two cute dogs. Um, but I'll ask you, since you speak English, what do you think is going to happen in these two games? <laughs> yeah, I um, I think we're going to go 2-0. I mean, I'm on this train, and, and I'm on, I'm here for the ride. And, you know, Aaron, Aaron kind of beat me to it. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, low-key, I think, you know, Tang has to have this game as kind of the game that he circled. I mean, he's got to want to win this game, um, you know, against his old team. And, and like Aaron said, I mean, Tang's got to be the – the next person that knows Baylor the most. And um, I think that's a huge advantage. Um, and I think going back to, you know, what we said earlier from uh, West Virginia and Texas, like, you know, it's two different styles of games. And I think we're going to play another two different style of game. You know, I think, um, you know, like Jimmy said, Oklahoma state's going to be attacking the rim. So can we stay out of foul trouble? And I think, you know, we can do that. And if we get Gasson back and get a little bit more depth, I think that's going to help. And, um, you know, I know probably the students are a lot of the students are going to be gone, but I think that place is going to be pretty loud. But I want to get back to Brim, which I think you know confidence is going to be at an all time high. Yes, and, and again, uh, if you know anyone who can make it to Manhattan 6 p.m. on a Tuesday, encourage them to go. Uh, check out KSATSports.com hashtag No Free Ads, but uh, they have some ticket specials going. We'll go to the ambassador next. Ethan, are you going to be at the game on Tuesday? And then what are you expecting to see uh, at Baylor and then back in the octagon versus Oklahoma? Um, There's a good chance I'll be at the game um, for for Oklahoma State. Um, I think it's a definite, like it's the definition of a trap game, right? Coming out of two big games and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough, but like, we're gonna have to get up for it, obviously. But the but the easier game for me um, is probably the Baylor game. It sounds strange, but like the Texas game, uh, assistant coach Maligi, um, like he game planned that whole thing to perfection. So if like if our guys can do it for him, um, I expect it twofold for Tang. 
And, um, you know, we'll see. But um, I think the more, like, obviously I want to go 2-0. and It's more important that we get the Oklahoma State game like everyone's. I hear you there. Let's go, Will. And then we will wrap this question up with Ema Elvis. Will, what are you hoping to see? What are you predicting to see over the next two games? Um, and, you know, are, are you in line? Everyone seems to say the Oklahoma State game is the more important one. Um, do you think actually no, it's the Baylor? I, uh, yeah, contrary. So I, I can agree with what everyone's saying. Um, I, I hope we do go 2-0 on these next two games. But I feel like this um, Baylor game is going to be it, it, more important to the players and coaches themselves compared to the Oklahoma State game. And this is where I worry that we almost turn Oklahoma State, I wouldn't say a trap game, but kind of trap-ish where we come off of these three big, you know, what, top 25 wins and then kind of overlook Oklahoma State. Um, they're, they're scrappers. So we can't do that. Um, I mean, we've seen it time and time again, unfortunately, not just at Kansas state, but you know, it's just not uncommon. So I, I see us splitting it, um, getting a win against Baylor and then unfortunately probably losing to Oklahoma. What is wild about that Oklahoma state game coming off of three straight top 25 games And then you have that Oklahoma State game sandwiched in between a road trip to TCU and then again another uh, Tuesday night home game versus the in-state rivals. Um, So it it is going to be an interesting one, and I think it will be a nice little test to uh, the mental fortitude for this team to see how they come out of the gates for that one. Um, And this one with Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, uh, what are you hoping to see over the next two games? Expect to win. It's what Tang was saying in the locker room after the Texas game. Uh, And I think this team does. And what Big 12 coach outside of Baylor knows Baylor better than Tang? Uh, So I I think he's going to have the recipe for how to beat the Baylor Bears. And, uh, you know, he was probably – we'll find out later in the season – to confirm it, but he may have been the main ingredient for Baylor's success over the last 19 years or however long they've been good anyway. Um, So yes, I expect to win at Baylor. Oklahoma state, that's no pushover. They gave KU Fitz and Lawrence and uh, should have actually been shooting free throws at the end of regulation to send it into overtime. But you know, the typical foggy officiating got them. Um, but, yeah, they lost by two in Lawrence. So that, that is not an easy game. And, you know, we can say it's a must win, but it's not an easy win. They're 9-5. and five. I don't even know who they've lost to. But, you know, that seems like an easy opponent, but they're not. So I just, I just hope we can get the crowd there. I got my tickets before I knew there was a special. Uh, but I'm going to be there. And I'm going to yell really loud for everybody who can't be. And, uh, you know, if there are some empty seats, that just means more echo. But I think it's going to be rocking. Yeah, I, I, so, I think it will be a great atmosphere. I- after two weeks of Big 12 play, 4-0 with two road wins looks pretty tang good. I'm right there with you. Um, folks, we are going to just have one final question. 
um, we will have at some point, whether I, I'm not sure when it is, but we will have a question uh, and allow everyone to get their uh, final well wishes and talk about the legacy that is Deuce Vaughn. Since we're already coming up at the 55-minute mark, uh, let's just kind of go rapid fire. We, we did this a little bit last week, but we'll just do it one last time. Put a bow on the 2022 football season, a uh, 10-win season, uh, quite possibly one of the best teams of all, excuse me, of all time at K-State, uh, our second or our third Big 12 championship. Um, just kind of put a bow on it. Just any final thoughts on the football season? And again, we, we will specifically uh, hand out some roses to Deuce Vaughn at, at a later uh, live show. Uh, we'll start with Callie Mike. Callie Mike, just final thoughts on the football season. Um, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm still like sort of in awe of the whole thing. I absolutely loved it. Um, I feel like our team really came together and, you know, you always look at these blue blood programs, you know, your upper echelon, we played one of them in Alabama, obviously. And you always think to yourself, well, we're in the Midwest, we're in the middle of Kansas. Um, are we ever going to, to get a sports program that, can compete year in, year out. And that is what I feel like Climbing is building. And we certainly have the opportunity to get to that point um, just based on this this year's team and the recruiting that they're doing. So I love it. We'll go next to Coley Dub. Coley Dub, final thoughts on the 2022 football season. Um, fought through a lot of adversity and injuries throughout the year. Um, it was so memorable. Um, season all well, all of us remember forever and uh it's, it's only the beginning we'll go with jeff next jeff final thoughts on your 2022 big 12 change that was just a lot of fun really enjoyed the season you know looking back on it you know after that two lane loss i was like oh boy what are we doing but then to be where we are now i mean i wouldn't have said it then but yeah i I agree. I, I really like what Kleiman's building here. And I think that, you know, that Alabama game, you know, outside that first quarter, um, you know, kind of showed what we, what we need to do to, to, to get there, to get to that type of level. I don't, you know, I don't want to say we can probably won't ever get to that level, but showed where we need to go. And I have confidence that our coaches will, get us in the best position to, to get there. So I'm looking forward to the next, you know, five, six years. I think this can be some really special times. We'll go to the ambassador next. Ethan, final thoughts, put a bow on the 2022 football. Oh, man. Our, our worst loss was to Texas, and we beat the national champions for the Big 12 championship. I mean, I'm, I was blessed to be able to – I was blessed to go to the games – um, you know, it, it's a great, great season. Um, it certainly ranks up there. And we got to see two great quarterback, quarterbacks and uh, Deuce Vaughn play at prime Deuce Vaughn levels. It was- we'll go to Mike Smith next. Mike, final thoughts on your 2022 Big 12 champions. Yeah, for me, I mean, you can call it recency bias, but I think for me, this is going to be the greatest season that K-State has had. I mean, not necessarily in the 
sense of, of wins and losses, but what it's going to do for the trajectory of the program. Like I look at it as like Bill Snyder built this program from the ground up and now climbing is just catapulted it to the next level. Um, you know, I think with, with OU and Texas leaving and, and bringing in these new schools, like K-State is clearly a, uh, a premier team in the Big 12. And, and, you know, like like we said, it's it's only the We'll go next to uh, Jimmy, KSU underscore fan. Uh, thoughts on this season? Just kind of put a bow on it. How will you? It'll definitely be up there. I think it's a top five season in K-State history. Uh, the metrics have us in the top 10 right now, top 25 in both offense and defense. Um, that's pretty special. Um, and, and like others have said, I think it's a start of something and not a culmination which has been kind of our first two conference championships were culmination seasons. And then, uh, you know, we still uh, weren't able to build off those. And, you know, we still had a couple good seasons after 2012, but uh, after 2003, it was kind of downhill from there. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen again. I think we're in good shape and, uh, and enjoy it. I mean, I think it's, Every every time you have one of these championship seasons, I have to remind myself to enjoy it because you never know. When- yeah, and, and again, uh, as you and I talked on Twitter, uh, the toughest strength of schedule in the modern college football uh, era, uh, three wins over at the time, top 10 opponents, just truly a banner year. Uh, let's, let's now go to Colorado Cole. Uh, what, what are you going to walk away and remember about this 2022 season? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so happy that this great season also came with some hardware. Um, we got to watch Deuce really cement his legacy. Um, so just a, just a roller coaster of a season with a ton of fun storylines to follow and mostly just the great timing for us to have such a wonderful season, you know, the landscape of our conference is changing so rapidly and the landscape in all of college football is changing so fast these days. What, you know, perfect timing for us to have a good season. You know, we got to play the biggest brand in college football in the sugar bowl. Um, so now it's just, a huge uh, momentum shifter for us, you know? So now it's time to go build on. I love it. Let's go to Ema Elvis next. Uh, Ema Elvis, how will you remember the 2022 Big 12 champion? That Kansas State University handled probably the toughest or one of the top two or three toughest schedules in the country and ended up with a Big 12 championship. And uh, it's a pretty special season for Deuce Vaughn, for Mar- Adrian Martinez, who finally got to play in a bowl game. Uh, Will Howard's story is fantastic. Uh, a punter and kicker combination that nobody <laughs> saw coming. Um, a tough, tough defense. And uh, an offense that could put a lot of points up. So. Um, it, it it was a fun season. We're going to miss the guys that are leaving, but it's a building block for what's to come. And uh, I think the, the uh, 
the years of uh, having one championship per decade, that's over. And uh, we're going to start winning a few per decade. All right, we'll go next to Aaron and then Will, and I think that is it. Uh, I kind of lost track. Chauncey just body slammed me on the uh, chair, and I was concussed for like 30 seconds. Um, So if I didn't get you, type it in the chat, uh, but we'll go Will and then Aaron. Will and then Aaron or Aaron and then Will? We'll go Will then Aaron. I, I think I probably went back and forth. I'm sorry. Uh, but just thoughts on your big okay. culture. Um, one is uh, pretty much said a roller coaster of a season. Um, had some of the lowest points that we've felt, but then had some of the highest points that we felt. Personally, I think this is probably one of the best seasons I've witnessed. Um, and also echoing what everyone else has kind of said, you know, we've got our foot in the door now. So the sky's the limit. Um, if we just keep building on this, um, will be successful for you. And then finally, Aaron, Aaron, just you're the final word on the 2022 big 12 champion. Yeah. Thanks Scott. I think, uh, you know, thinking back to Bill Snyder, 1.0, 2.0, that foundation type of feel, that's what this season felt like, you know, like a lot of folks have said, this to me is not the culmination. This is the start. This is what Kleiman's built after he got in. We had the COVID year. Um, it really is just impressive what he's been able to do to build his own foundation. Um, I just, I couldn't be happier for the, the kids in the program, the recruits that we have coming in. Um, and it's really building that next generation of, of K-State fans, right? I mean, that's why we love it so much. The, the people on this podcast that are listening or participating, it's building that next generation for years to come. Uh, it's really Kleiman's foundation. I love it. All right. Like I said, at some point, hopefully next week, we will allow all the boneheads to get their uh, final uh, thoughts on the legacy that is Deuce Vaughn uh, going to the NFL. I think we probably will be hearing some more news about some early entrants as well. So that's all we have, folks. I always love doing these live shows. I love the boneheads. I love talking with you guys. As I said at the top of the show, um, unless, and and here I am, maybe uh, jinxing things, but unless there is some major breaking K-State news on Thursday, Friday, there will be no episode of Bosco's Boys. The streak will die on Friday. So thank you to everyone who has been along on this ride. This started back in June. This has gone more than six months straight of one episode every single weekday. The Wednesday live shows have been a massive part of that the entire time. Uh, and again, I'd be doing this whether you know millions of people were listening or just one or two, but it does become easier and the drive does really stay with you because of you, the boneheads and the community that we have all built. So thank you for coming along on this ride. We will still have a show every single Monday and Thursday all through basketball season. We will occasionally have a Tuesday show and we will occasionally have a Friday show as well, just depending on news, interviews, and some extra stuff. So for the last time during this streak that will, I believe, hit 137 straight weekdays with a Bosco's Boys episode, 
for Chauncey Bosco, for the Boneheads, for everyone who loves purple, white, and lavender. We love you guys, and go Cat. Meet me at the Cat Inn. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea, onward Fight UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.